You're listening to the New Stack Makers, a podcast made for people who develop, deploy, and manage at scale software. For more conversations and articles, go to thenewstack.io. All right, now on with the show. The last few decades delivered great advances in infrastructure. Now it's time to build apps that make the most of those new tools. VMware's Tanzu and Aria platform help enterprise customers drive software agility by accelerating the ability to develop, operate, and optimize any app on any cloud at scale. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the New Stack Makers. I'm your host, Heather Joslin, Features Editor at TNS, and today we're going to talk about a hot topic, platform engineering. You're hearing a lot about it. You may not quite know what it is yet, but you will very soon. We're uh, going to talk specifically about the notion of a golden path, curated environment and standardized workflow that helps devs develop faster and more safely and relieves long-suffering ops engineers from repetitive toil and an endless stream of Jira tickets. Today's guest is Purnima Padmanabhan of VMware, who's joining us today. Hi, Purnima. Hi, good to be here. Great. Good to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at VMware? I guess it's a, it's a fairly new role. Yeah, I have been in this particular shape and form of the role for about since the beginning of the year. So I am the uh, senior vice president and general manager for the modern applications and management business. So it's very relevant to uh, what we are going to be talking here. And uh, as part of my role and as part of building out the business, I meet tons and tons of customers, a lot of partners, as well as industry analysts. So, and but, but I've been with VMware for about seven years. And so over the conversations, one topic that is bubbling up a lot to the surface is around this notion of software agility and driving software agility through application modernization. And so uh, everything, a lot of the topics we're going to discuss are connected to is connected to that. Okay, terrific. Well, we'll get into that in just a second. Before we begin, I just want to thank VMware, the sponsor of today's conversation. And tell us a little bit of what are, what are you hearing in, from customers in terms of the challenges with app development these days? You know, that is, seems to be the focus of most conversations I have. As I talk to the CIOs, they have said that, look, they are looking to try drive business agility. And software agility has become the way you drive business agility. That is why app modernization is such a high priority. And everybody is aware that if you get it right, right, the laggards versus the leaders, you know, when you get it right, you can be pushing out code 14,000 to 18,000 times a year versus one to four times for laggards. So imagine the amount of business innovation that you can put out to the market if you have that agility. And so everybody wants to do it, but here are a few challenges they immediately hit because they start with, I want software agility. I want better scale and resiliency. So I'm going to modernize and I'm going to modernize by going to the cloud. That is the number one challenge they face. And that's always easy. Right. Not only that is always easy and exactly. And that always results in the right outcomes. Right. Well, what happens is it becomes going to the cloud then becomes the main objective rather than modernization of the application. And so you see things like lift and shift happening. And then CIOs coming back and saying, I'm, why am I not getting agility? Why am I not getting higher scale? Why am I not getting higher re resiliency? So first mistake that I'm seeing and the challenges customers have is application modernization and moving to cloud becomes one synonymous. And a lot of times lift and shift of applications happen 
And so they are not getting the benefits out of it. The second one is even when you try to modernize, right? Modernization is not just about app development. It is about how you build apps, but also how you operate them at scale, which means all these groups have to be aligned. So you start building modern apps, let us say, and you're building code very fast. But your infrastructure team, let us say, is not up and running. They are still doing Jira tickets, like you said. Or even if they are not doing Jira tickets, they have got like a million different configurations for infrastructure scope. They can't respond to that speed. So there's a massive disconnect that they see and which ends up slowing everything down, right? That is the second thing. And then the third thing that I find is in their uh, excitement and the right intent to adopt new technologies, to adopt GitOps, everybody tries to go the code way, infrastructure as code, API-driven way. But what happens is for, there, are, so there are some tasks that I just want it to be simple. I don't want to have to write code every, for everything as a developer. I might just need to want to just click at my application and look at everything in a simple, easy way. So we lose some of that focus on simplicity, which again ends up slowing down. So I would say that is the three big, large categories of challenges that I see as people step into app modernization. And it seems like the second one you mentioned is aligning the teams. That's That has to do with culture to some degree. The old saying that every exactly. technology problem is a people problem at, at its core. Exactly. So how are these organizations, how are they dealing with these challenges? Well, I would say not always very well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but because it's such an important project, a lot of different ideas are coming from the industry. And I some some do better than the others, I would say. right? Often people throw tools and technologies at the problem. I mean, if you look at CNCF, the number of projects that you have there, a number of tools and technologies, I don't think you can fit on a page anymore, right? More tools, right? That's what they're doing. The other one is they are trying to bring teams together a little bit, right? And you'll start hearing this notion of platform, platform engineering. I want, I want to put people together who are responsible not only for, they may be building the code, but responsible for the CI, CD pipelines with the infrastructure folks, with the security folks. But I think people don't know exactly how to get it done, right? So that, that, that notion of platform engineering is evolved. The other thing that I'm also starting to see is they're saying that, look, I can't do this if I'm everything is a snowflake. How do I start creating patterns? So often there are many, a mix of approaches that the customers are taking, but if it's not thought of holistically, it still ends up being a lot of little pieces. They may invest in a, uh, a Kubernetes pl platform separately. They may have a CI/CD pipeline and a GitOps environment separately. They may have some kind of patterns for infrastructure as code, but not for the application. So these often are done in pieces, but not fully connected. So platform engineering comes into play. And how do you define platform engineering? Yeah, Heather, that is an important topic that's coming up, right? And I see many people just define platform engineering as a new team that brings some of these functions we talked about earlier together. Uh, developer DevOps function or security function or infrastructure functions together and ask them to deliver on a developer platform. But I think that's insufficient. Fundamentally, we have to define what should a platform engineering team do? And it is a change in the mindset. Rather than thinking about these, this as yet another IT function, which is doing a bunch of tasks and jobs, right, for the development teams. We have to say platform engineering has to think of platform as a product. They are not doing tasks and jobs. They are delivering an app dev platform, but it is not a one-time delivery. They are looking at what is being delivered on a continuous basis. 
making sure like you would think of a product or a service, you don't just deliver the service. You do make sure the SLAs are continuously met. You're constantly updating it. You're building features. You're building velocity. That is what they have to do. So that product mindset. So platform engineering team is a team that comes together to deliver app development platform as a product. And once that transformation happens, right, that is a very different way to approach your tasks. So, and the, and the customers of that product obviously would be the developers, correct? The customers of that product are internal developers. Bingo. That's exactly right. And so you have to start asking then the customers. So what it changed, the mind, other mindset changes. It's not a, a Jira tech, it will never suffice. What you're going and asking the customer is, what are your requirements? What do you need on an ongoing basis? How do I maintain it for you without you having to raise a ticket every time? Right. That's the fundamental transformation. Um, in a practical sense, what in a day-to-day sense, what does a platform team do? Say, say I'm a, say I'm a member of the platform team. What? Correct. First of all, who who tends to be on the platform team? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's a good yeah. question, and that is what I said. A platform team often is a composite team that is derived from multiple places. Right. So now you say I want app dev as a platform. I want a development platform. So which means I should be able to easily for a end customer, which is our developer, they should easily be able to define their code, build their applications, ensure it meets all the corporate guidelines, and ensure that be able to define their intent, you know, on what is the scale or resiliency requirements they want, and then for the application to be deployed to the infrastructure with right intent, right? And more importantly, all this data needs to be fed back to the developers so that for day two operations, they understand how the application is doing and can do troubleshooting, scaling, debugging, et cetera. That entire closed loop set of functions is what the platform engineering team has to do. So now when we start thinking about what kind of players you need on it, right? You, of course, you need players from the traditional develop DevOps teams, but that is insufficient. That's only one portion of it, right? You need members. Uh, and in the cloud operating models that people have established, they've often established a center of excellence. It's almost an evolution of that center of excellence teams, right? So you have the developer, DevOps teams, you need security teams. You need people who can build code, infrastructure as code, but also workflows, right? Because workflows and, 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 and how, how to define things like access controls are very important for the platform, right? And then you also need operations people because... Platform team engineering is not about just taking code and deploying it. It is about ensuring it scales, ensuring that application performance criteria are met, ensuring it's cost effective. So these operational disciplines have also got to be bought in. So often it's a composite team, but the singular goal of that composite team is not any of these individual functions, but it is how will you deliver a service to a developer so that they simply can package up code, define their intent, and they are off to the race. Everything else should be made invisible. You know, a developer wouldn't need to know as much about, say, Kubernetes as as they would without that that internal developer That's platform. Exactly right. So this is where the, your the main value you're doing is uh, providing is let developers develop business logic, which is where I'm going to get most velocity. The things that can be done in a fleet way, in as a, as consistently across everybody management of Kubernetes, management of configurations, management of secure builds, figuring out the testing pipelines should all be 
unified and made more consistent. So the goal of the platform team is that the developer shouldn't have to spell all these projects. The cognitive overload that they have to, and, and imagine trying to learn, hire these developers, the kind of skill sets you're, are you interviewing with them for their ability to write business logic or are they, are you interviewing them for their ability to know infrastructure, right? And that is a transformation that happens with platform teams. And for the operations engineer, what is the benefit as well? I talked a little bit in my intro about repetitive toil and you talked about yes. them not wanting to create, have to create a new sl- snowflake for every, every. Exactly. So if done right, first of all, it, it allows you to go and look at patterns. There's another concept and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but you are going and saying, okay, different development teams may want different things, but there are, there's often a huge amount of commonality and there are patterns even though they may be thinking they have need different infrastructure, but the common Kubernetes, the common infrastructure can should all be managed as a fleet. Now, when you go from individual tasks, which are tickets-based Jira, Jira tickets-based approach, to a fleet management, you're saying, hey, if I'm doing anything two times in a row, I'm automating it. And I'm automating it as fleet operations. And I'm making it consistent across multiple lines of businesses. And so what it does for the operations team, number one, is reduce toil. And I would say unproductive toil, right? Toil, uh, number one. Number two, it actually brings the operations team closer to the objectives. So rather than being, and you know, this is the imperative versus declarative models, just like we have in code, it's the same model. Rather than telling operations team, right, do task A, B, and C. Now operations team are saying, don't tell me what tasks to do. We'll figure that out. Tell me what outcomes you want. And we'll deliver on those outcomes in a continuous basis. That fundamentally changes the operations role also to be a lot more strategic, right? And and lastly, the, the operations team has to get away from the mindset, has the opportunity finally to get away from the mindset that I'm not just building things and people will come. I'm building things to meet the requirements of my customers who are my developers. That's an interesting analogy about it being sort of a declarative approach as opposed to an imperative approach. To just, yes. It's just, here's the goal and let people do what they need to do to get to make it happen. And security, let's talk about security a little bit and, and the advantages there. You mentioned, you know, in a situation where the various teams are configuring things differently you know, obviously that's a security risk. What, what are the security advantages of yeah. platform engineering? I think that is where this really shines, right? Which is security, many times the security conversation tends to be a post-the-fact conversation. I'll build something, I'll deploy it, and then CISO and security team will come and do scanning and analysis of what I've built, of what I have deployed, and then tell me what to fix, But fundamentally with platform engineering, and then when you pair that with pattern-based development and with golden paths to production model, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to shift left all of that. We, We have to design security into what we are delivering. Why should I ever put out a code and then wait for it to be scanned and tell that it's insecure? So you're saying, right from, if I, if I do this golden path to production, right, right from my development stage. In my ID, I know if I've made some issues that need to be fixed, right? When I when I build out the code and when the containers are being built, we scan and make sure security issues are fixed. When we build out the infrastructure landing zones, we make sure the right security guardrails are already put in based on your co- corporate guidelines. 
And then when you do configuration changes, everything is done in an automated way, in a consistent fleet-driven way, so that everything is already meeting guidelines. So then you, when you talk about, accept, you're talking about security issues that come up in the production or should be only by exception, because you have designed security all into the process. And this is the notion of a zero trust model, bringing that model into the development processes also. What about the um, sort of the business value aspect of this? How does it help drive business value? What does it, in terms of not just generating revenue, but in terms of the cost spent on resources within these teams? I mean, of course, the biggest business value, because people are spending a lot of money to drive that business value is speed and agility, right? What took me, what I have talked to customers, you know, they, they've, they've said it, it takes us six months to get some deployments going. And if you can do it in six days, you have significantly accelerated the time to market. And that is a value that can be measured both in terms of, of course, revenue, top line revenue and agility, but the speed also reduces the amount of toil, right? Because you have to have automated all these things. The second business value comes from this notion of shift left, Right. And when I, we talked a little bit about security, but if you do these golden paths to production right, then you shift left, not just security, but you also shift left cost visibility. You shift left performance visibility. Now, if as I'm building my application, as I'm testing, as I'm sandboxing my application itself, I understand the implications, the security implications, but also cost implications. I was talking to a customer. They made some serious design choices on certain types of PaaS services or using an uh, EBS volume versus an S3 storage for certain types of data, right? Significant difference in the cost when the pro application goes into production. So by shifting left those concerns, you're saying, I'll give the developer while they are building the understanding of what are the implications in terms of security, in terms of cost, in terms of scale, in terms of performance. These should not be just operational cost concerns that come after the application has gone to production. And when you do that right, the amount of savings is huge because once the application is in production, if you want to make an architectural change to fix any of these, it is a very, very large cost. This is similar to, I, you know, long back I was in chip development. And they said, if you, if you let a mistake go out in chip, a respin of chip is very, very expensive. It's like that. Once the application is in production, a respin or a re-architecture is much harder. So by shifting left, you're saying do all that is needful, give and, and giving that easy access to the developer so that you get those right results. Just a couple more questions. How do you start a platform engineering team? Yeah. And how do you get started with this whole process? Yes. Right? Yeah, which is this. Where do I begin? The pieces. Where do you begin? You know? Yes. And I would say you definitely start with the intent has to be that you want to deliver app dev as a platform. You have to create that intent and create that goal and that product mindset. Then you have to create that, pull the right sets of resources, the types of resources that we talked about to formulate the pl platform engineering with that clear goal that they are not a task-driven dream. They are a product. They're building a product. Then what you have to do is you have to bring the lines of businesses into it. And that is where you have to start establishing patterns. So you've got the team, you've got the objective, but now you have to start building out the patterns. And you work with a few lines of businesses, but you have to start saying normalizing what is common. If everything is still going to be a snowflake, platform engineering is not going to deliver that much value. But you say that in working with a line of business one, I have standardized so many things 
Now, when I go to platform uh, LOB2, I have to only change two or three things and now I can use the same standard golden path to production. So defining those four or five templatized path to production is the other big value that the platform engineering team drives. And the side benefits are just massive. Common visibility, common reporting, common fleet management, common set of automation, simplification of the tool set, right? Overall cost reduction. So you see value being spread across the board. And easier to scale as well. It's hard to scale snowflakes. You know, it's... It's, it's much easier to scale, right? Much yeah. easier to scale. More importantly, there is... Actually, that's a good point you bring, which is it's not just... Eco- there's huge economies of scale, but what I call often, there's also economies of skill. Because now you have learned how to do one thing. You don't have to relearn it in a different way. You can apply that to multiple problem statements. So your skill set is leveraged better. And so that's what you get started. And so this dialogue, you also have to create that environment where the dialogue between the environment, between the lines of businesses and platform team happens. This is not a platform or a product that you will build and they will come. It doesn't happen. There has to be that line of business to the platform engineering collaboration. One last question. How is VMware helping organizations create golden paths and empower platform engineering teams? Well, that is our business. (laughs) So one thing is at VMware, you know, we looked at the problem statement in the market. And as I said, there's an alphabet soup of tools. And then when you look at environments and clouds, if I have so many tools and then I have so many clouds, it's an end time end matrix that I'm trying to manage and then develop my products against that. So fundamentally, we said we had to look at the problem statement in a different way, which is imagine rather than looking at all these different disciplines, I looked at the problem statement holistically and said, what are the key outcomes customers want? They want to be able to develop with high speed, with standardized golden paths. They want to be able to operate this app. So they want to be able to develop applications. They want to be able to operate, but they want to operate applications in a way where you are able to manage the application updates without or manage the or keep the underlying infrastructure secure as a fleet without impacting the application. That is the key. That is what is operations. And you also want to do day two optimization. So on a, And that's not one time. On a continuous basis, you want to maintain cost, performance, and security. So that is the framework we have built, which is called develop, operate, optimize, right? And so thinking about that entire application lifecycle. But this cannot be done because there are different tools and different entry points unless and until we have a common understanding of the universe. So what we also have done is we've built this solution framework called develop, operate, optimize which takes our Tanzu set of portfolio, but also combines it with our ARIA portfolio of management solutions to not only help you build and operate your applications, but also optimize them on a continuous basis. But everything that we do is anchored by a common platform. And that common platform is a data store. It's a near, which has a near real-time understanding of the configuration state of your universe. So suddenly now these teams that we talked about that we put on the platform team, they can talk with one language. They can say, hey, this is my application. By the way, I saved it in a common store. So when you're looking at the performance of the application, it's the same application. When you're trying to cost an application and its infrastructure and Kubernetes dependency, it is the same application. So unifying the world with this federated data model, which is a graph model, which has dependencies and topologies and it's near real time, allows us to truly deliver on that vision of develop, operate, optimize. And we believe that you don't have to have all or nothing. 
you pick any one of these entry points, as well as because I said the data model is federated, you can integrate it with your existing ecosystem tools. So what we want to come in with is a more of a best practice discipline along with a foundational set of technologies that allow you to enable to deliver platform as a product and have those golden paths defined. Terrific. And I believe that's a wrap. I want to thank Purnima Padmadaban of VMware for talking with us today. Thank you very much, Purnima. Thanks, Heather. This has been great. It's It's been a pleasure. And I'd like to thank VMware for sponsoring our conversation. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. This has been Heather Joslin for the Newstack Makers. We'll see you next time. The last few decades delivered great advances in infrastructure. Now it's time to build apps that make the most of those new tools. VMware's Tanzu and Aria platform help enterprise customers drive software agility by accelerating the ability to develop, operate, and optimize any app on any cloud at scale. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's one of the best ways you can help us grow this community, and we really appreciate your feedback. You can find the full video version of this episode on YouTube. Search for The New Stack, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any new videos. Thanks for joining us, and see you soon.